Hey guys, a quick trigger warning. We will be discussing uh, suicide and we will briefly mention sexual assault. So if that is triggering for you, um, uh, just letting you know. Okay, well, I hope you enjoy this episode. not think of uh new monikers for myself selena <laughs> um and i'm your bipolar uh heartthrob Corey. <laughs> yes every episode we begin with a segment we call historical hose and this week's historical ho is cn hornick i got my information from the art newspaper.com it's a blog and there's a wikipedia about this and then i also got some information from perspective which is a british docu-series on uh, art okay well commonly called cn hornick classina maria hornick was born in 1850. she was the eldest of 10 children of pieter hornick a porter in the poor district of geest and his wife pieter died in 1875. To provide for the family, Sien and her mother worked as seamstresses and cleaned homes. Their earnings were supplemented by what Sien's brother, Pieter, as well, uh, could provide from the income of his chair-making business. The family often relied upon public assistance. For a time, Sien and some of her siblings lived at a Catholic orphanage relying on assistance from the public soup kitchen and church charities. She turned to full-service sex work for a better income. It was about 1876 when Vincent van Gogh met Sien in The Hague. He approached her to model for his drawings. In exchange for her posing for his drawings throughout the winter, van Gogh provided Sien and her daughter with a place to live and food to eat. Sien was ill when he met her, and he did what he could to nurse her back to health. Her poor health was a result of the post-operative effects of earlier surgeries, illness, and venereal disease. Van Gogh considered marrying Sien to take care of her and keep her off the streets. He envisioned a life where Sien would be his helpmate, helping him further his artistic career. Sien wanted to be married to him too, even though he was poor. His family, including his brother and supporter Theo, opposed the relationship and his hope for continued support was doubtful. In June 1882, Van Gogh was hospitalized for gonorrhea. Disobeying doctor's orders, he left the hospital July 1st to visit Sien in Leiden, where she had just given birth to a baby boy. Van Gogh moved to a larger studio next door with Sien and her two children. Sien required an extended period of recovery from a difficult pregnancy and delivery. The baby boy, though, seemed to bring much happiness to Van Gogh, he explained that while he endeavored to go deeper as an artist, he was also looking to do so as a man. It's also rumored that she named the child after Van Gogh. Uh, I think Van Gogh's middle name is Willem. Van, like Vincent Willem Van Gogh. So yeah, that's the name of the baby. So as a result of his relationship with Sien, Van Gogh experienced the loss of support and goodwill from family and friends, and his relationship with his parents was further strained. Van Gogh left Sien in the autumn of 1883 and went to Drenthe to paint. 
Xian went back to work as a seamstress, charwoman, and possibly as a sex worker. Her children, Maria and Willem, lived with Xian's mother and brother Pieter. In 1901, at the age of 51, Xian married for the first time her husband, Arnoldus van Wick. Wick. Uh, I, I don't know these names. This is the Hague, y'all. Um, he was a seaman and 11 years younger than her. So uh, pretty hot. Good for Sien. And also good for her for making it to the age of 51 in the early 1900s. But sadly, she died on November 22nd, 1904. Her body was found in Provenir Single. And don't mark my words on that one. I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it. Uh, it's a canal. And it paralleled this, uh, the street of the same name just north of Rotterdam Central Station. It is assumed that she committed suicide in the freezing river that night. She inspired a bunch of very beautiful drawings and paintings by Van Gogh, which we will post to this timeline. And that is the somewhat tragic story of Sian Hornuk, this week's historical hoe. What a week it has been. We have a new president, a new vice president, as one might expect with a new president. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's, you know, yeah. could be a double, you know? Like. Yeah, or like it could have been, you know, like because of murder and then the, you know, well, I guess he still would get a new vice president. Yeah. Even if, you know, one of them stayed in this, in the the position yeah the, the presidential position <laughs> clearly operating on all cylinders right now <laughs> um yeah i uh i woke up recently <laughs> kind of recently rolled in, out of bed onto the street and yeah into the studio. onto the street Corey hit me up was yeah. like hey i'm here i'm like oh shit what's wrong with me where's where's my mind um apparently not with me (laughs) and apparently not at all um so yeah uh this is home in the know a podcast about sex work by sex workers for sex workers we are doing a little mini-sode about uh some legislation yes yes and you should really uh be abreast of this uh legislation you could be two breasts of this legislation. Because <laughs> it probably will affect you. Yeah, it most certainly will if it gets passed. And um, even if it doesn't, you should definitely be uh, shouting loudly uh, in protest of this particular piece of legislation. Yes. Um, and that is to say a shout out to two white men who put this into action without contacting anybody uh, who it directly affects. As per usual. As per usual. <laughs> um, so we're just going to break down some of the bullet points of uh, what this piece of legislation does and why we as sex workers feel like it's bad. Yes. <laughs> bad. It's pretty bad. Um, okay. So uh, just a little bit of backstory. Um, this bill, which is known as the Stop Internet Sexual Exploitation Act, Sasea, what a beautiful dog whistle title to begin with. Yeah. Um, it was brought forward by Senators Jeff Merkley, of, he's a Democrat from Oregon, and Ben Sassy. Or Sass, Sace, I don't know. I want to think he's sassy. Uh, Republican from Nebraska. 
Yes, this uh, was a bipartisan bill. Yes. Uh, anyway, so he said in a press release, Merkley said, uh, while some online platforms have recently announced steps to change some practices, much more needs to be done. We must ensure that not another single life of a child, man, or woman is destroyed by these sites. Wow. You know, um, who could be so bold and and just inspiring? He's trying to save our lives. Yeah. I'm so grateful to this man for, like, caring about every child and man <laughs> and woman. And woman. And woman. <laughs> You will not have porn ruin your life. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, let's go through these bullet points. So starting at the top, um, and this is something that I took from, I want to say, a screenshot of Ashley Chubby Bunny's account. So shout out to Ashley Chubby Bunny. Yes. Um, so number one, require any user uploading a video to verify or to the platform to verify their identity. Which affects people who can't verify their identity, like uh, uh, immigrants. Immigrants, yeah, people um, who lack documentation. Who, I mean, a lot of immigrants are in the porn industry. Um, a lot of people, a lot of immigrants are in the sex industry generally because it's one of those industries where you don't need a ton of paperwork to work and to actually get middle class living. Um, and uh, so requiring paperwork could actually be a threat to their immigration status and to uh, their safety. Right. Uh, number two, require any user uploading a video to the platform um, uh, also upload a signed consent form from every individual appearing in the video. Yeah. Um, I mean, that... That's a that sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, like on its face like I'm not opposed to consent by any, you know, at all. Um and I and I'm not opposed to all of the bits of this bill, you know, like there are certain things that are not necessarily intrinsically bad, mm -hmm. but uh this bill is bad. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I'm here for consent. I would totally be down if there was like a way that these consent forms could be filled out without uh, legal forms of identification, perhaps with mm -hmm. like stage name and some other consent, you know, form or some other way to consent. Yeah. Um, as long as it doesn't, you know, endanger the identity of performers. But, but but that's not guaranteed. I mean, where is this information going? Who has access to it? And I mean, with uh, the new internet laws where there's the back door. What was that? Earn it Act? Oh, yeah. Earn it. Or uh, the um, LAED Act. Yes. Yeah. The Law Enforcement Encryption da -da -da Act. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that gives a back door to, you know, the government to get into those files mm -hmm. like you know that yeah. gives a backdoor to everybody really yeah definitely i mean the biggest uh thing is you know who's gonna have access to this information and uh guess what we'll tell you uh shortly <laughs> <laughs> because yeah okay so uh number three creates a private or a private right of action against an uploader who uploads a pornographic image without the consent of an individual featured in the image Again, sounds like, okay. Not necessarily bad, not yeah. intrinsically bad. Um, I do think that there should be 
you know, uh, more rights for people who upload pornographic content to be able to take it down. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't realize that you can, um, issue like takedown orders for your porn stuff, but also like, you know, the number of porn tubes are as infinite as the stars. Right. (laughs) And, uh, you know, the VPNs are hosted all over the world and uh, your USA takedown order may not have a broad effect on international uh, VPN hosted sites so um, but you know like still I I do think that you don't like people who make porn should not have to worry about that being up forever as much as I don't think that having porn up forever should be a bad thing that counts right. against you right like isn't there isn't shouldn't there be a societal shift yeah anyway towards exactly like- <laughs> I feel like the problem is not that it exists per se it's how it's perceived and how you can be punished in society because of stigma right villainizing you know villainizing porn. sex workers yeah and as much as everybody jerks off to porn to some degree you know even if it's like the most ethical porn that your best homie made and you paid them directly that you made or that you made exactly right your nudes that you sent to the person that you have a monogamous straight relationship (laughs) the most straighty of relationships um okay number four uh, require platforms hosting pornography uh, to include a notice or banner on the website instructing how an individual can request removal of a video if an individual has not consented to it being uploaded on the platform. And this reaches into Instagram, Twitter. Yes, all it of these. brings up the question of uh, what is porn? <laughs> <laughs> Who makes it? Uh, is the stuff that I post on Instagram porn. Mm-hmm. Um, if I go to some other countries, it might be porn. Even in the United States, if I go to fucking, I don't know, like conservative ass Utah, I might be making porn. I might be a pornographer. Right. On the Instagram. Yeah. And uh, and these sites don't want to put up uh, some banner, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like if I'm you know, Instagram and I'm trying to corner the teen market. I'm out here for the 14 year olds. (laughs) I don't want to have a banner on my page that says that I'm a porn hosting site because their parents are going to be like, woo, woo, alarm. Right. I'm going to take my kids off of this dangerous site because sex is danger. And I wonder, violence is not. I wonder what it would look like on Twitter because Twitter hosts so much porn. Yeah, um, it's the final frontier. Yeah, like, you know, are they willing to sacrifice their aesthetic for porn stars? <laughs> yeah. Or even people who are making innocuous stuff, you know, like, you know. Yeah, people, well, yeah people who are making porn people who are just doing nudes or lewds people who are doing bdsm stuff body positivity stuff body positivity stuff true true sex education you know oh yeah sex educators yeah i mean what constitutes porn is it like any sexual content or any erotic content or is it going to be kind of like the ig uh tos recently like (laughs) excessive amounts of skin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Will excessive which, amounts of skin be porn? Which, again, affects most marginalized, you know, fat people and, like, yeah. you know, 
predominantly fat people for sure you know um so that's a major question mark and it could be just completely debilitating because these sites aren't going to be like oh well i'm gonna fight to allow certain kinds of excessive skin to exist on my page it's just going to be like let's just cut all of that out with our giant um, super quick algorithms because hiring people costs money and people could unionize, but algorithms cannot. <laughs> right. And I wonder if it'll affect the people on the top, you know, people like Kim Kardashian who have millions of followers that post essentially naked <laughs> bodies yeah. um, on Instagram without, uh, you know, consequence. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I was think that it won't but it's also just kind of like what about things like um playboy that like you know what is playboy except for a porn mag Mm -hmm. like it's not (laughs) like i'm here for the pictorials (laughs) (laughs) i don't know like what what are you porn what are you playboy aside from a porn mag and would that make it so that any platform hosting playboy would have to have this banner Mm. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just like segregating the internet even further, like adult stuff versus things where kids can hop on. And it's like, we can live simultaneously. And it's like, porn is not nearly as concerning or violent as like all of the, I don't know, we could go into like violence and why violence is okay, but nipples are not. Right. And breastfeeding is not. You can show extraordinary amounts of violence on TV, but like you get on the internet. But one and nipple. Show a nipple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and this also, it also pushes like for this, um, for uh, one company to like Pornhub to be the company that you can go to to do certain things, right? Like mm-hmm. it pushes us into a corner and creates yeah. a conglomerate. Is that the right word? A monopoly? A monopoly. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it's just interesting because Pornhub is like, it seems to be like this legislation, much like SESTA-FOSTA, is targeting just like one or two companies. And in this case, probably like just Pornhub and like X videos and all of the people, like all of the smaller companies under Pornhub. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's just like, this is targeting one company, but it will have like this repercussive effect across like all internet platforms. Right. So that's shitty. Uh, Number five, uh, prohibit video downloads from these platforms to be in place within three months of enactment of this legislation. So what happens to people who make money off of downloadable videos? Mm. (laughs) Also, like... How is that going to stop anybody from like screen recording and spy bot recording? Like it's if like because it seems like the main perpetrators of the harm are like spy bot softwares, right? Right. So like this is doing nothing to like spy bot softwares. It's just being like normal people you cannot record, but right. people who have technological access and who just like record everything online all the time. <laughs> be free right do what you will what's stopping me from screen recording like mm -hmm. yeah nothing clearly like nothing i mean you just can't like download like the 4k version of whatever right and it's like who the fuck cares right (laughs) i'm not trying to watch this big screen yeah Uh, i mean maybe some people some people yeah i've i've done that it's nice yeah (laughs) i mean it is it is really nice whenever you can have like a high resolution porn but also 
Not all the time. Like, I really don't like high-resolution porn. I like kind of grainy porn, personally. <laughs> you like that 70s uh, filter? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. I like a little fuzz, a little blur. Yeah. A little background music. <laughs> I want to bring that back. Bring back, like, the kind of funky porn music. The only problem with that is that you can't hear, like, the wet noises. Like oh, that's this. true. But I feel like I feel like if you mix it well, like you can you can do anything. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, you just have it in and out. But uh, I don't know. I, I I get bothered by the music. I mean, it, if it's really really low, mm-hmm. and I can hear the wet noises of stuff rubbing against stuff and <laughs> penetrating stuff, then uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> then Damn. I'll accept a little dash of music. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, that doesn't seem to have any teeth to it. And the other thing about this is, like, how are you going to enforce a lot of this shit? Anyway, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Hold on there. (laughs) Pretty babies. Um, Number six. Require platforms hosting pornography offer a 24-hour hotline staffed by the platform. Sounds like money. Individuals who can or who contact the hotline can request removal of a video that has been distributed without their consent. Again, affecting uh, Instagram, Twitter, etc. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, like, will Instagram need to have a hotline? And you know what? I might like to have a hotline on Instagram because (laughs) I would like to chew out some Instagram people sometimes and they all have everything automated so that it is fucking impossible to talk to a human. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've had in the past like people post things from my page and like I just don't want them posting them or you know wanted something taken down from somebody else's account because they took a photo of me somewhere and like... I want control over my content. Yeah. And so that would be really nice to have that control. But simultaneously, are they willing to do that? (laughs) I mean, I just, I feel like it comes back down to the whole question of like, somebody's going to have to define what pornography is, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's going to be a highly contested uh, question of like, who gets to decide what pornography is and who gets to decide what it is not and who enforces that definition and how does that have like the, the ripple effect of like all of these other platforms having to conform to that definition. Right. I think it's going to be legislators and these individual platforms and then and then these individual platforms. And it's certainly not going to be sex workers no. consulted in this definition right. because we were clearly not consulted in this at all. Um, so, I mean, you know, who's going to what Zuckerberg He's not going to want to hire people to be on a hotline. He's going to want to keep this automated so that he doesn't have to get chewed out all the time. <laughs> um, I wish I could chew him. If I could get him I on the phone wish. and just be like, fuck you. Oh, my like, gosh. Like, <laughs> give me your money. <laughs> I fucking hate him. I mean, I feel like everybody hates him. Yeah. I feel like he's like one of the most hated people in the world. I just want to sidebar and say that over the past year... Um, 10 billionaires have made a total of an additional $400 billion in revenue. Well, everybody else has suffered, and Zuckerberg is one of them. Bezos is one of them. Musk, of course, is one of them. You know? Oh, my God. They all fucking... Where's the guillotine? I need them to kick rocks. 
fucking kick rocks. I, I need them to come to the dungeon with me. Yeah. I need them. <laughs> I mean, I need more than just a dungeon. I'm sh- like, I feel like some of them would just enjoy that too it's much. It's true. It's true. I just want extrajudicial murder to extend to billionaires. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just black people. Right. <laughs> billionaires, please. Where is our revolution, you guys? Um, revolt. Revolt. Okay. Um, moving forward. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what number this is. Number next number. Uh, require removal of flagged videos as quickly as possible, but not to exceed two hours. Okay. <sighs> so you have two hours to decide whether or not something is pornographic. And you know what? It's just going to be like how things are right now, essentially. Like if somebody reports your thing, it's just going to get taken down essentially right. immediately. Yeah, there's and then no. you'll have to contest it, and then who and knows when they'll fucking respond. Never, because I've again, I've had experiences, and they, they, they don't do anything. They never respond, and it's so fucking frustrating. Because like, you, <laughs> you need something from them, and they, yeah, whatever, fuck you. Like you don't deserve, yeah, to have things. <laughs> oh my god, like the times that I've been like taken down for bullying whenever I've just talked about like eating the rich or something <laughs> or how we have to use YT instead of white to describe white people or the fact that we can't write the word stripper out on any platform anymore or Dom or um, yeah. Ebony we can't yeah you have to, I have to do like scripper or Shrek worker or Shrek worker yes I've never seen that one that is that's amazing actually can we keep that one yeah, we can keep that one <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know we've had to be so creative and it's frustrating as fuck it's like let me fucking live like yeah. especially with like you know not to say that like escorting and full service sex work shouldn't like have its place online because it fucking should Mm -hmm. but like stripping and dom work is legal right like it's legally a profession in the united states with rights right with labor code access like why is a legal profession not allowed to be explicitly written online because they hate people. Because <laughs> they, they don't, don't give a fuck about legality. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, what the fuck? Like, I don't know. I need some kind of lawyer to tell me why. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking help me sue the shit out of these companies for I think discrimination. It, I think it's essentially like, it's their private property. You know, <sighs> like, their side is their private property. And so, like, they can dictate you know what they want on their private property what they don't um fucking private property but But it doesn't make any sense i mean it's totally right you're totally right that it is like a private property issue but it's like it should just be like social domain at this point like mm -hmm. it should just be public property because like you literally can't do anything like online without accessing facebook like you can't have like e-wallets you can't like make accounts with other you know social networks you can't i don't know you can't buy shit like you use a PayPal, you're connected, you know, it's just like all of this shit is just, it's inequitable. It's, it's literally like you're completely denied access mm-hmm. to like contemporary life if you don't involve Facebook. So why is it not public domain? <laughs> Riddle me this. Okay. Fuck you, fucking Zuckerberg. I bring back, what, what's his face from MySpace? 
Tom. Tom. I liked Tom. Tom was everybody's friend. Tom was everybody's friend. He was everybody's first friend. Yeah. <laughs> I always wonder what happened to Tom. Actually, I never wonder what happened to Tom. <laughs> but now you will. But now I do. Now I'm wondering. Um, okay, so uh, next point, and this is another number I don't recall. Require platforms to use software to block a video from being re-uploaded after its removal. The platforms must have the software in place within six months of enactment of this legislation. And this just reeks of automation that will affect everybody in the worst possible way. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's also just like, I don't know, like, there's not very much flexibility in this. Like, say there was something that was, like, wrong with the uploaded video and you, like, take it off and you're just like i need to take all of these things down because there was some fucked up issue like what if the, the i don't know the like, sound or the, the sound stuff or maybe you cut a scene with a particular performer and you have like an hour-long porn video that mm -hmm. ha involves a bunch of porn actors you know like and there's just one person who's like i'm actually opting out of this like does that mean that the whole thing is just like completely taken down and inaccessible mm -hmm. to all of the other workers who like put in time and who consent to the material being up? Right. And then can you recut and upload most of the video and it not get taken down? Like the <laughs> There's just like a lot of questions and then, you know, like it's a lot of money to put up the software maybe, but also like I mean it shouldn't be a lot of money. Like there should be these kinds of softwares to like take down like all of the the reposting bot shit because mm -hmm. you know that just should you know what again this is another thing where not intrinsically bad to have some you know somebody putting in like stop safe measures so that you know uh uploaded videos that are not consensual can be taken down you know like that should already happen that should happen with cam stuff too especially like yeah the biggest thing that i see is just like cam content is not protected nope and if you're on any major cam tube like your stuff is just going to be like endlessly reproduced and copied and pasted everywhere so like having something like this that is available for that content seems like a good thing but but, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't trust this because again, it's, you know, it was not created by us. It was not created for us. It is created to protect man and child, mm -hmm. child and man and woman, woman and woman. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So this is where it gets interesting. Um, the next point of this is it directs the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to enforce violations of these requirements. Now, why would we introduce the Trade Commission? <laughs> oh, no. Would it be an issue of money? Mm. Mm. You know what? With yeah. all of these things, I am always thinking, like, where is the paper trail? Mm-hmm. And, of course, any kind of regulatory stuff involves a bunch of additional government offices to be created and paid by these major tech companies. Mm -hmm. And the facilitation of all of these things will require a lot of money. So where is this money going? Oh, well, I guess it seems like the FTC is here to help us enforce this new money suck measure <laughs> and it's not like i'm like oh you know what fucking zuckerberg needs more money no 
And I'm not saying that, you know, Zuckerberg shouldn't be paying the government money. I mean, I feel like this is like another one of those really fucking stupid ways to get billionaires to pay money to the government. Mm. You know, I'm also just like, I wonder if this affects Amazon, you know, because Amazon hosts porn. You know? I didn't know that. Well, they sell porn videos. Oh, that's okay. They sell porn videos. They sell uh, erotica. Mm-hmm. Um, they sell all of that stuff. So would they also need to have a banner? So it just, you know, like, because we know that fucking Zuckerberg and we know that Bezos do not pay taxes. Right. You know, like, <laughs> is, my question is, is this just a way to take their money by some circular means? Mm. Maybe. Conspiracies abound. (laughs) 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 Exactly that music. Um, All right. Another bit of another bit of tricky business. Um, So this creates a database of individuals that have indicated that they do not consent. And the databases must be checked against new content uh, against uh, before new content can be uploaded on to these platforms oh no but uh, what happens if if somebody wants to come back into the porn industry or wants to or needs to go back into the porn industry or yeah. sex work in general what uh, what happens then do they yeah. can they never post again yeah without it being taken down yeah i mean i just think of um for example, like what's her, I think Sasha Gray, right? So mm-hmm. Sasha Gray did a bunch of porn that she totally consented to, but what she did not consent to was I think a particular couple of scenes with James Dean because he's a Fuck fucking James rapist. Dean. He's a fucking predator who should not be making videos and you should not be watching his fucking videos. Yeah. Um so she consented to a bunch of videos, but say she's like, I don't want this video to be up because I was literally being raped in this video. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happens there? Do Does, you know, she adds her name to this database list. Um, and it's this list only indicates that they do not consent. So, like, there's no, like, varying degrees of consent. There's no, like, you know, I consent to a lot of these, but I don't consent to this one thing because it says that from that point on the database must be checked against new content before it can be uploaded right so would that just put a block on everything like all future uh works by sasha gray right and also they're like feature films where the same performer is in every scene and there might be only one scene that they're like i don't want that Mm -hmm. would that then the whole thing couldn't be up because they're checking against for those. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't they're have checking like, against the credits at the end or they're checking against like, oh, like, you know, this person was included in this and we have documentation that they were involved. So this whole, you know, production needs to be cut. So it's just like, you know, and then say it just happens one time, like, you know, are you just never able to upload porn again? You're never able to like return to being a consenting producer of porn. No, <laughs> it, it seems like the answer is no, <laughs> that you're stuck, you know, you're stuck between a rock and a hard place. Like, it, I think it um, isn't incentivizing people to come forward. It's like, oh, well, I guess I can't. Yeah, know? it's like either you 
totally revoke consent. Either you mea Khalifa out of this and you say never more, like I'm never going to fucking produce porn again and I want all of that shit down forever and ever. Or uh, you don't seem to get a temporary, like, you know, you cannot temporarily revoke consent or, you know, specifically revoke consent. It's like all or nothing. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and it's like, that's not helpful to people who are in porn, you know, like, because there are so many gray areas and like this legislation is not at all considering those gray areas. Nope. All right. The final point of this is, uh, well, actually there's, there's additional stuff. So the final two points we'll say, um, so, um, you know, this is the penultimate one <laughs> instructs the department of justice to, promulgate rules on where this database should be housed and determine how to connect these victims with services to include counseling and casework. Oh, oh Justice thank, Department. Thank goodness. Thank you for trying to save us hoes. <laughs> I just love being saved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what we sex workers love? It's involvement with the Department of Justice. Yeah. We love law enforcement. Oh, just, gosh. Yes, yeah, so much. It's going to... It's... <sighs> I just, (laughs) I cannot, it's like, you know, there's nothing that makes me feel less safe than knowing that the Department of Justice or any law enforcement will be involved with my profession. Right. Because historically, there ain't no reason to trust them. Right. I mean, it's... uh, Again, it's going to affect the most marginalized, you know, immigrants, black people (laughs) trans people Uh, trans people fat people disabled people i don't want to be in a database no that the doj has its hands on and you know what like it as much as you know they're they're like oh well we're we're here to protect you i'm like no like this also becomes one of those things where like once they have this database of people who are involved in these professions that you know, they've even said with other legislation, like that people in the sex industry have been underreporting and underpaying taxes. Like, you know, that this is going to circle mm-hmm. back to like, you know, tax audits. Right. Like, this is not to protect anybody. This is like, in the end, like one of those things where they're like, well, we're just going to destroy your workplace and then we'll give you a pamphlet for counseling and casework (laughs) and we're like we're not gonna pay for it we're not gonna help you with transportation to and from um we're just gonna ruin the place where you live make it really hard to work and monitor everything that you do and make sure that you pay taxes i guess again like incentivizing people not to come forward not to not to talk about it and just like keep their heads down hoping that you know they don't get caught up with the government yeah yeah definitely i mean it's just like i just don't know like you know it's it's gonna be people who like don't think about it that are like oh like this is trying to help me you know like a lot of people want to believe in the government because they're naive (laughs) and don't realize that our government is not really for most of us right Or they're not naive and they they uh, they really are for fascism. <laughs> yeah, they just love that sweet, delicious 
fascism. I don't even know. Um, there was another thing that was about uh, something about consent, and um, and essentially it's like you know you must be like of the, you know the age of consent to post stuff with Sisea. Sisea contains a loophole that shows it wasn't thought through. I mean, so many. Um, it would require those who upload porn to ensure that the models are were over the age of consent. Yet some states, uh, yet since this is 16 and 17 in some states, that would, uh, that content would still be illegal as child pornography under federal law. <laughs> So it says one of the legal experts reading through it uh, suggested it may even supersede other laws until the court inevitably fights uh, fight it out. But um, meaning in states where the age of consent is below 18 uh, and uh, it would be legal, not illegal. So, yeah, it's just yeah, I, I initially saw this with APAG. Um, I know that APAG was uh, talking about this and just like how wild it is that you know, that it's not, it's like broadening the, um, number of people or just like the age range of people who are able to post stuff like beyond 18, like below 18, below 18. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean like this, it seems like it, it, it might, uh, affect people who are being abused, you know? Yeah. People who don't actually want to be in the porn industry and maybe down the line once they're once once they're not in those situations they can fight it but like if you're 16 and you have an abusive boyfriend or abusive parents and like that want you to to make videos of yourself then what are you gonna do yeah and i mean even beyond that it's just like okay say that you have years of non-consensually doing that but then you know, when you're able to escape that situation and you know how to make porn and it's a viable source of income for you, you know, and you decide to like return to it consensually. I know that this is like, sounds a little bit far off, but it's really not, you know, like if you have like experience in certain industries, even if it starts off negative, whenever you're able to like reclaim these things, like it can become a tool of empowerment, but say whenever you're young and you're being exploited, you say, I don't want any of this to be up anymore. You sign that your name onto that list. Then like you won't be able to post again according to these laws because your name will be on that database and your content will be taken down from that point forward. So it will no longer become a viable source of income for you mm-hmm. for your you know, your own liberation and to support yourself. Right. Yeah. And I mean it's just like it it's all about Like, this legislation just truly neglects, like, how a lot of these situations can evolve, how your relationship to the industry can change over time, how consent evolves, and all of that. It's just, like, a big, I don't know, like, a catch-all solution that isn't really a solution. I think in these legislators' heads, it's really, like, cut and dry that, like, this is what porn is, this is what consent is, you know... This is what all of this looks like. Um, but the reality is, is there's so much nuance to all of this and that they aren't taking into account that nuance. Um, and they aren't listening to the voices of sex workers who know best how to run <laughs> their work, you know? And I think it also takes on this perspective that, like, all sex work is, like, inherently exploitative. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that there is no way where it's, like, 
a consensual positive experience where you have some degree of like economic liberation and stuff like that yeah but here we are at you know fighting (laughs) here we are fighting with our words (laughs) trying to take this fucking piece of legislation off the table i really hope that um you know i hope that it doesn't pass um i hope that legislators who learn i hope that they learn something from the fact that sesta faucet didn't work right like they were supposedly supposed to um start collecting data about the efficacy of sesta fosta oh i think that like bernie and elizabeth warren were working on a bill that would be approving like some kind of um task force to study the effects of SESTA-FOSTA intended and unintended and And I don't know if that passed and I don't know if it even uh was called to the floor for a vote or anything um because we (laughs) the chaos (laughs) I don't know I mean it's been hard to really focus on anything aside from the crumble of our well we never really had democracy (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) We've had some kind of farce of a democracy. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's so fucked up. So it's been hard to even know what's going on. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Well, it's, we're in a new administration. Mm-hmm. We have Cop Mala and yeah. Biden. Does Biden have a, a moniker? Uh, sleepy joe sleepy joe (laughs) you know what i really you know i hate our former president but he had some really effective mean nicknames for people (laughs) fake tears chuck schumer another good one (laughs) oh my god i really yeah there are just some that i really did not mind because i don't fucking like the democrats right (laughs) I don't I don't like the government period. Um <laughs> I don't. I don't. Yeah. And yeah, I don't fucking like any of that. So, you know, call them whatever you want to because they're crooks and I don't know thieves. what they're, they're thieves, they're crooks, they're racists. They yeah. don't give a fuck. They've been in office for way too long. They're out of touch with the people. Yeah. I mean, how old is Biden? I mean, not to be ageist. though. This <sighs> Fucking old as fuck. <laughs> I'm just like, I always think about when I think about the government, I'm like, but these aren't going to be affecting, like these, leg- this legislation, this, all these laws, all these, all this stuff isn't going to be affecting you for as long as it will be affecting me. Yeah. So why is like the uh, minimum age or the, yeah, the minimum age for a president is like 38, 30, 38. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm, I, why it's can't it? so whack. Yeah. It's like, let a young person run for office because like, we'll actually have to live with the consequences of pipelines and you know reappropriating federal lands to be privatized to mm-hmm. fucking oil and coal corporations and shit frackers i i fucking hate them so much i'm just I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you should see the steam coming off of selena's head i'm just yeah yeah um 
Well, I feel like we kind of covered Sasea mm-hmm. for now, and uh, we'll keep you updated about anything that we um, we learn of. And uh, yeah, keep fighting the system. Keep fighting the system. Keep fucking on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, keep loving each other and building community. Yeah, and um, we love you guys. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope that you have a beautiful week in uh, the sun or rain or snow. Whatever weather. Or clouds, wherever you may be. Um, I hope that you see something very cute that makes you smile. Yeah. I hope that you eat something very delicious that makes you go, mmm, yum, yum. (laughs) Out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Yum, yum. Yes. (laughs) Um, I hope that, uh, you know, you learn something. Yeah. That makes you go, wow, huh. (laughs) (laughs) All these noises you need to be making while they're happening. (laughs) If you do, send me a recording. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, winners, sinners, beginners, simmers, and... uh, people eating dinner it is yours truly and i'm back at it again this is clover's um clever tarot quip and um it'll be very quick so this is for aquarius it's a general reading i'm gonna hop right in um so it looks as though obviously like, when it comes to love, like, this is actually, okay, I don't know why I said obviously, like, what am I saying? But anyway, so there is, for a lot of you, this potentially, like, really sound, happy relationship that is, um, honestly offering you all the energy that you need to accomplish a lot of things that are being asked of you at this time. Um, for a lot of you, this is a big two years um because saturn is transiting near and conjunct for a while your sons and um through your houses that your sons are sitting in for a lot of you um this may not be true for all of you because some people's sons are situated um very like close to the cusp of a different house or so anyway but for a lot of you this is a big month with a lot of big demands um so I am seeing that there's a level of regeneration from your solar returns coming up and obviously this is a time for reset and replanning, figuring out where you're going to be going next. I see this in um, finances and business, career ventures especially. It's a very Saturnian energy. I think Saturn is going to be painting your years, as I just said, um, but especially because in your solar return charts like it's probably a prominent planet but we have this sort of um pentacles energy so it's a lot of building a lot of hard work focus determination we have the nine of pentacles though so it seems as though you all are really just in your boss energy it's right next to the higher fent which kind of reaffirms that for me um the eight of pentacles appears twice i use two decks um and we also have you know the 
two of pentacles, the knave of pentacles, and the four of pentacles. So it's being careful of your investments, finding a balance between your work life and your social life. And um, also, like, saving money is a big thing that I'm seeing here. But I see an emphasis on, like, the work aspect, hard work, and also on actually the process of figuring out if what you're doing is what you want to be doing um so i have the tower appearing in the bottom of the deck cards twice in the two different decks um so there's a level of disruption to your usual thing like what you've been working on perhaps um it's going to be kind of shifted you all are a weird sign because you're air but you're also fixed so while gemini and libra may have a level of um, movability and um changeability you all tend to be pretty consistent um which is interesting for a sign ruled by uranus um and a sign that is most known for kind of its counterculture, um, disruptive ways. But yeah, the tower still remains kind of a very Uranian card to me. And I see this energy kind of showing up for you as a self-inflicted tower, where you all are dismantling the towers in your lives brick by brick. Because we also have what is a personal journey appearing like three different times here. I pulled way too many cards, you all. So I have the Hermit showing up. Um, and I also have the Eight of Cups. And um, then several cards dealing with... Uh, emotional exploration, reflection, intuition, like the Seven of Pentacles, I think also goes right here in this bunch, as well as the world next to the Two of Wands. So there's a lot of like going within, looking at everything you've built up, um, both in your character and in your material world, what you're investing your time into, your money into, and um, whether those structures have any relevance in the coming years of your life. And it's going to be a lot of like shifting around and deciding uh, which towers remain and which do not. Um, also, I have the lovers at the bottom of my other deck. And in this deck, the lovers isn't so much romantic as it is looking directly in the mirror. Um, and the guidebook talks mostly about looking at yourself and figuring out exactly the traits that you've glorified versus the traits that um, are actually good and recognizing your value and your true self-worth. So it's definitely about seeing all of these things and um, taking responsibility. Saturn is a planet of responsibility, and I'm seeing so much of him in this reading. Um, and also, like, Jupiter is moving here, so this is, like, a big, expansive, fiery energy. And the fire in the cards that I'm seeing is a lot about um, relying on your intuition, which comes from a place of exploring uh, just sort of 
who you are and what you're developing so that you know you can go forward trusting that you're making the right moves for yourself in your journey. Um, so basically, that's what I have. Um, like that relationship I mentioned at the start may not be true for some of you. If it isn't, I think that this is more just a sense of accomplishment and satisfaction in um, yourself and the direction that you're going to be heading in. Um, yeah. So the cards that I have that appeared in doubles, just so you all know, I have the King of Cups twice, the Eight of Wands twice, the Eight of Pentacles, um, the Ace of Cups. I have the Nine of Pentacles and the Nine of Cups, which kind of mirror each other in a way for me in these decks. I have the Tower. And, um, yeah, I think that's all of the cards that I have appearing twice. So, much love and, um, happy Aquarius season to all and to all a good rest of the podcast. Bye. Uh, yeah, I think that's it on my end. Yeah. Um, um, Corey, where can we find you? You can find me at the goddess Corey on Instagram, on Twitter. You can click my milkshake, bring all the boys to the yard, and there are links there too. Perfect. I'm Selena the Stripper. You can find me on Instagram at Pretty Boy Girl. You can find me on TikTok at Selena the Strumpet. You can follow my Patreon at The Real Pretty Boy Girl. You can follow this podcast at Ho in the Know. You can uh, check out my organization at soldiers of pole, uh, at soldiers underscore of underscore pole underscore. There's a lot of underscores in there. And if you do not include the underscores, you will go to the wrong page. Don't do that for me, for you, for everybody else. And, uh, that's it. All right. Okay. Well, goodbye everybody. Bye. Kisses. (laughs) More money. I want your money. I want more money. 